Oh, bloody marvelous. Bird like. Weekly. Aware of the backwards cap this evening takes. Slightly unusual. Very late and humid of you. Very, um, dare I say it, music shop working lesbian. Yeah, look, I wanted to wear a cap, and my most favoured cap is this cap, a Collingwood Football Club hat. And I'm wearing it backwards, Jack, because if I were to wear it forwards, it would probably uh, wouldn't be appropriate because another club won last night. The Melbourne Demons, Jack, the original football club of Australia. Uh, the first time in 57 years. Can I one-up you there, TK? Were mm-hmm. you not telling me that they're indeed just about the original sporting club after the MCC? They are, in fact... You want to give you this one, Jack? They're the third oldest football club in the world, and that includes association football. Wow. Manchester United, the oldest? No. Liverpool? The Melbourne Demons are older than Manchester United and Liverpool. Wow. So give it to me. The two older clubs are Sheffield Football Club and the Cambridge University Football Club. Wow. And then third, the Melbourne Cambridge not doing much damage these days. No, they're not. They're not known. If you go by generally accepted metrics being, you know... The UEFA Champions League, the Premier League, the FA Cup—they're not Cambridge, not regularly cited. Well, if you were to ask a bunch of football fans who do you go for, they generally you'd hear you know Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, Tottenham, Arsenal. You wouldn't hear someone going, "Oh, I go for Cambridge University." Maybe we need to bring that back, though. I mean, perhaps well, I well, there's they an open market. They definitely market don't there. play in the EPL, but they might play in a lower in a lower grade, perhaps. I think whether they do or not is irrelevant. TK. I think that North Sydney Bears fans have shown that. Even when your team's not playing, a la this year and last year when there's been dick or reserve grade, if you dig in and you're stubborn enough, you can barrack for a team. That team does not need to be playing. No, but but uh, but I think it's different in football in, in the UK because the lower grades are barracked for not as much. I'm not going to say as much as the EPL teams. But certainly a lot. Like they'll pack out stadiums for uh, like smaller stadiums, granted. But for the you know yeah, not I'm not going to say Nottingham Forest as an example because they ha- they've um, haven't been in the APL very long. They've been relegated for quite some time. But I believe they're in the APL at the moment. Uh, you would find though. Let me tell you this. You would find there are parochial fans of um, let's talk Queensland Cup. Okay, Easts, Winner Manly, Burley um, Bears. Ipswich, Burley, you would find Redcliffe. You would find there are parochial fans in there, and and I, I I dare say you'll actually find that when those fans move, when Redcliffe say for example, if they are to get the expansion bid, move into the comp, it's very difficult for a winner Manly to all of a sudden shift allegiances and start going for another club. Another club, which is why, you know, they're not going to jump on the Redcliffe bandwagon, which is why no. I suppose um, with so many people in England, as you alluded to earlier, TK, there's uh, there's such staunch support for those lower-grade teams. And I suppose the chance of elevation and relegation means that they are, promotion and relegation, rather, means that they're always a chance. Correct. They're always a shot. Correct. And I think- They're always in with a little 50 cents if you will. Yeah, I, I think that's very important, really, isn't it? Because because even if you're really, really, really dog shit, you have some sort of, I don't know, light at the end of the tunnel, even if that hope, even if it's not there. Now, I'd equate it, TK, to um, the word mathematically being used to refer to your team's hopes of making a final series. 
it's kind of the same thing. Now, if you go for um, Cambridge University Football Club, let's just assume they're in championship. I don't think they are, but let's just assume they are. If you go for a team in championship, knowing that you might be promoted, even though you came 12th in second grade last year, I mean, that is... That is just as just as heartwarming as hearing that your, you know, thirteenth place West Tigers are mathematically a chance of making a top eight if they win their last four games of the season one hundred and twenty nil. So mm. it's nice to have light at the end of the tunnel. It is. And it's why I say to people, TK, you know that I often say to people this. When it comes to your team getting a crack at a finals game, the anything can happen mentality it saved a lot of it saved a lot of otherwise pessimistic fans a dour afternoon because just the thought and people are very cynical when it comes to final series oh the titans they'll be cannon fodder oh newcastle doesn't matter they'll go out in straight sets doesn't matter who you know 6 7 and 8 they're just making up the numbers they are the words of cynical Hurt people, TK. The chance to play finals is something to be savoured. Now, as it happens, they were cannon fodder, and in fact, they did go out in straight sets, and they were utterly disappointing. But the they chance did. They did. to go on, TK, to go another week, to live another week. Well, there's something very Australian about backing the underdog. Oh, fuck And yeah. believing in the underdog. A bloody oath there Because is. we're not pessimists in this country. We're not like the English, Jack. We don't have that... that Sourness in our breath. Well, we haven't been beaten the same way the English no, have, TK. They've been by beaten everything. by cold, dewy winters, mm. by German Aryans. They've been mm. just belted left, mm. right. You know, pe- they, the they invent, they've invented the Spanish flu. Fuck. They've invented every sport and they suck COVID. at every sport. Yeah. Well, okay. They suck at every sport. They invented all let's, of them. Let's go back to this. Let's go back to my original point. So they invented every sport, correct? One of which, probably the oldest big sport in the world that's continued played, and that's the great game of cricket. Now, that was invent all, all winter sports, pretty much all winter ball sports, only originated in the 1800s, mid to late, more late 1800s. This is good history from you. It is good history. Now, the game of football... Jack, as in football. Association football. Yes, soccer, as it is usually referred to. It came about in the early 1800s, right? How early are we talking? I believe... Not to put you on the Actually, spot. no, sorry. Can I, can I be more, um, more general? More, as general as you like. More generally speaking, the game has been around for centuries in England... Because it didn't really have any rules, it was just played, you know, casually. It was just a bunch of farmers kicking hay towards each yeah, other. Yeah, it wasn't there. There was there was some rumor that like three hundred years ago, the original version of football that you had like a sack of a pig's stomach or something, and they used to kick it all the way like hundred miles to try and kick it to one town or something. Well, something, they didn't have an end goal. It was so, just some, kick- something ridiculous like that. It wouldn't work in Australia if you were in the middle of central Western Queensland and you were in Roma and they went, let's kick it to Longreach. Fuck, we've got 200 Ks on the burn here. I know. It wouldn't work. I know. So... Thank God for small settlements. Do you want to hear this? So... I don't know. I don't know what it is. The association football rules were written in 1863. Now, that's five years after the Australian football rules were drafted. So Australian football is technically, in an official sense, older than the game of soccer. And you're talking about AFL. 
AFL is older than soccer, and in 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 a in a in a purely uh, uh, rule and uh, formation sense. You know what I mean? Like the, the actual game of soccer has been around for longer in terms it was in terms of the fact that it was played uh, casually and um, you know around around the towns, but in a sense of drafting a set of rules. In 1858, the Melbourne Football Club was founded by Tom Wills. Now, Tom Wills was the captain of the Victorian cricket team. One of the great Wills. Yes. Tom Wills was was uh, was the captain of the Victorian cricket team and came up with this idea. He went to rugby college in England. He went The to, great rugby he college. Did, he did. He went to rugby college. And he'd seen football being played there. Incidentally, um, soccer being played there. Right. Association football. Yeah, association football. Mm-hmm. Um, and some other, uh, and he brought brought it over here. It, it being in its kind of advent. primitive, yeah. He brought it over here, and he thought, well, okay, well, this is cool having a leather ball and something we can do in winter. Let's do Not it. Not kicking here. a pigskin from town to town. No, that's right, that's mm. right. And I think rugby was one of the pioneer sc- schools in having different codes of kind of winter sports with balls. Mm. So he came back here, and he was the he was a very good cricketer, Tom Wills. Now. He drafted the first... He sat down at a pub with three other blokes who were in the Victorian cricket team and they drafted the first rules for Australian football. It's it's changed very little. It's changed very little. This is in... This is in a, and, uh, oh, sorry. The primary reason that they did this, that they did winter sports in England and it started, was to keep cricketers fit in winter, right? So he founded the Melbourne, cricket, the Melbourne uh, Football Club um, who won... The, uh, the AFL last night. It's the first time in 57 years. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. But at the start, it wasn't a club in the sense that we know a club to be these days. It was a club in the sense of, say, you go down to the bowl stop. Like, it was like a union of people who wanted to play the game and they mm. kind of set different games up between them and stuff. Now, Geelong were founded the year after. Geelong are being the second oldest club. They were founded in 59. Now this is this is interesting because the VFL wasn't founded until 90, 1896. So there wasn't actually a competition between lots of different clubs until 1896. Now that makes sense because it takes a while for word to spread for people to start playing the game. Now this is where it takes a bit of a dark turn, Jack. Tom Wills as I told you about, the big pioneer of the game. One of the great Wills. Yeah, there was a big statue there's a big statue of, out of him outside the the MCG and says he did more uh, for the game of Australian rules football than anyone. When you say big statue, is it to size or, or is the statue big? Or was he a big guy? I think he was a big guy, Jack. But it was—it's a big statue. I don't think it's—I don't think it's to scale. How big? W. G. Grace big? Because that's the biggest man I've ever seen. Oh, we're talking. No, it'd be this about. The, it, 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 it's big. It's larger than life, but probably about the same size as like Dennis Lilly's okay. statue. Yeah. So it says he did more for the game of Australian rules football than anyone. Now, two weeks ago, it came out that he may have been involved in the murder of 370 Aboriginal people. Now, this isn't good. Alarming. This is not what you want. Mm-hmm. Tom Wills... Ask me if that's what I'd want. Is that what you want? No. I watched the ABC story about it the other day. Allegedly, what happened was Tom Wills grew up around Aboriginal people. Apparently, his dad was a farmer. He... Um, uh, one of the... like one of the first people to farm in that particular area. So you can say one of the pioneers of Aboriginal people. No, one of the pioneers of farming in that particular area. Now, it was said that in his youth, Tom Wills didn't have a particularly uh, poor relationship with the Aboriginal community uh, because he grew up around them and he apparently used to play sport with them as well. Evidently that changed. Taught them how to play cricket and stuff like that. Yeah, well, rumour has it that he told a journalist 
so, so, well, this is what actually happened. What happened was his father was murdered by a group of Aboriginal people right. when uh, him and a few other, um, I think, 12 white men were going out hunting or something. And they crossed territories that they weren't supposed to and they were, they were, they were murdered by these, this Aboriginal clan. Now, what then ensued was revenge. And so for the killing of those 12 men... A vengeance, a big, I think they call it. Yes. Uh, a, a, a large group of, of, of white men... Now, a journalist of the t- time, they found a piece in an article that he claimed Wills told him that he was involved in the vengeance and the vengeance resulted in the deaths of 370 Aboriginal Australians. Wow. Now, that's not good. That's not good when he is a bit of a revered character, the old Wills. Um, Eddie Maguire come out and tried to push this one under the rug yet? No, but a lot of people have. Right. A lot of people have, which is surprising because I heard about it on ABC News and I'd send it all over the place and then I started seeing articles on Facebook and I was seeing people commenting on it saying stuff like, oh my God, just let it go. Like this was so long ago. And I'm thinking, hang on a second. This isn't he said like a racial slur once. He could have killed hundreds of people. Like, you know, mm. like this is, mm. like maybe we just take a step back. So yeah, that's Tom Wills. and uh, I do wonder though, TK. How, well, yeah, I mean, surely that's, I, I doubt that's what they're going to be focusing on after the, the drought breaking win. But I do wonder how that stuff comes about. Like, how, what year are we talking about here with Tom Wills? We're talking late 1800s. Well, yeah, because he killed himself when he was a, he was a fairly young man, I saw in that, in that ABC piece. Yeah. So I, I think, I think this is around that time, around the time AFL began. So how do we find out about this stuff? Like, how does this come up? It was an article that was apparently never published by some journalist that said that Tom Wills said to him. So it was... Very speculative. Yeah, and all fairly nebulous. But look, yeah. let's he'll have his day in court, Tom Wills. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll be he'll be se- it'll be seen to, I'm well. sure. I have faith in our justice system. Yeah, I mean there's no reason not to. I um I must say though, TK, some great scenes for Gorn. Oh, great scenes. And the rest of the Melbourne Collegiate. Uh, Petrarca and uh Clayton Oliver. Yep. I, I tell you what, they have a bloody great Guernsey. I'm gonna say that. Firstly, bloody great Guernsey and uh Anyone listening, do yourself a favour. Look up the 1980s Melbourne Demons no, look, logo. C- can I can I implore listeners to not take that too seriously? The 1980s logo. Let me let me get on a little bit of history now. Melbourne Football Club when they were founded, fairly simple, fairly basic logo. Not too dissimilar to the logo they have today. It TK. was MF and C over the top. of Yeah, the, pretty like, much what it is now. now. Um, uh, quite classy, quite classic. Um, for quite understated. Teams, yeah. Well, yeah, quite understated. Um, well, schools go by that style of logo as well, but yeah, quite understated. For whatever reason, now look, TK, the 1980s are known, as we, we said last night when we discovered this, they're known for being overstated. The 1980s was all about drum machines and big colours and pants. It was pretty crass. It was a crass time. It, it, anyone who tells you that the 80s was the best time for this and that, and let's just... Let me just jump in and tell you that they're wrong. The 80s was not the best time for music. It was the music. decade of Phil Collins. Anyone who says the 80s was the time for music, they're fat truckies or blonde Barbaras listening to Triple M and they're fucking off their rocker. Mm. The only thing they're getting off on is nostalgia because the 80s fucking sucked. It was drum machines and 
I'm going out tonight. You know, it's fucking shit music. So, um, there's my little Always rant on 80s music. something there to remind me. Do, do, do. Oh, just like, seriously, can you be a little bit understated in what you do? Do you need that big punching drum machine? Why is your hair so tall? Why is your hair so tall? Why are you wearing shoulder pads? It's all, all that nonsense. What, what we mean by that, listeners, is if you go and have a look at the 1980s Demons logo... You'll see that for whatever reason, they segued from a quite a classy, understated uh, three letters embedded over the top of one another, classic navy and red, to to a small demon figure, kind of emoji type, uh, with a ridiculous little, rather sinister, pointy goatee, and also a trident, and then the VFL logo. It's, it's just so busy, TK. And he's got these big, thick eyebrows that... Well, he looks a bit Greek. Is he wearing mascara? He may well be. He may well be. He may well be. And look, again, the 1980s, it was quite a gay time. Nothing wrong with that at all. But He looks a bit ill. Like, he might have... Like, big, kind of sunken eyeballs, big protruding jawline. He might have HIV. That might be what they're... (laughs) No, no. But that, that, you know... I don't know if anyone's seen anyone with HIV, but... um, What's that classic saying? The devil has AIDS? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And the devil wears mascara, clearly. The devil wears mascara. There's a pod title for you. But yeah, look, the D's, logo aside, what an achievement, TK. The Western Bulldogs, they couldn't get it done. I will say, oh my goodness what me, you, looking at you pulled up another one. This one, quite an alpha uh, testosterone fueled demon. Again, goatee, but this time in kind of semi-profile. This goatee not connected to the moustache. No, and what's the haircut? What's the point? The widow's, widow's peak. peak. But why has he got... And the ears of like an elf. Look, it's all fairly al- alarming stuff, listeners. I would implore you to go and have a look at the Melbourne Demons logo through history. And it might just tell you a little bit about where they, and it, indeed we as a society, were at at that particular given time, Teco. Mm. But yeah, um, hard luck for the Western Bulldogs. Um, I do feel, TK, that there is a little sense for me of satisfaction in seeing the team that finishes on the top of a ladder or near the top of a ladder, certainly in terms of points accumulated over a year, I feel mm-hmm. that that makes sense that they win the, the grand final, whether or not it's surprising or entertainment value. You know, I don't really care. I kind of I go, yeah, we're a bit greedy and we want that big upset and we want that entertaining moment. But we've tale. also sat around for 26 weeks to try and see who the best player, the best team was. And for someone to win it from fifth place, it's just a bit... Like, it's cool, but it's also, it kind of, it undermines the integrity, the structural integrity of the competition, So, essentially, you're saying that it would be a scandal if anyone other than Penrith or Melbourne won this year. No, because, in my opinion, the difference between 40 points and 42 points is negligible. It's one game. But if, say, a Manly, who who lost nine games, ten games if you include the final series, ten games this year, you can't lose ten games and win a premiership. You know, uh, that would be fucking ridiculous, in my opinion. Obviously, you've segued on to NRL, but it goes back to the AFL. I, I don't, I don't think it would be fair for the Western Bulldogs to have won the comp. Fair, fair, fair. Now, I mean, I know there's no such thing as Trelaw, fair. Trelaw played very well last night. And was able to pull them back into the game. Well, I think Bontempelli probably pulled them back into the game. And had he, in fact, had they gone on to won, win the game, he was probably a, a, a sure thing for the Norm Smith. But mm. you know, a, a Norm for Petrarca, as you said, you watched him pretty closely throughout the game and mm. played very well, at, very well at the start of the game, particularly. Yeah. Look, it's 
it's good stuff. It's good stuff for the D's. It's good stuff for AFL fans alike. Not sure what they do in terms of grand final celebrations. I did mm. hear a few D's fans on social saying they'll cop it, they'll take it, obviously, but it was bittersweet. Would you they stay in be Perth? At the ground. Would you stay in Perth? Oh, sorry, you're talking about the fans. I'm talking the players here. Would you stay in Perth as long as you can? Nah, they'll be getting on the next flight home, mate, I'd say. They'll, they'll have a couple of beers in Perth and then they might do Margaret River or something, but then I'd say they'll be going home, mate. Mel- Melburnians TK are very parochial. They won't care about lockdown. They will be champing at the bit to get home, to be locked in a cold, dark room, to sip a six-dollar latte, um, you know, to to, to talk about the great beaches of St Kilda, yeah, that's what they'll be invested in, um, uh, well, and 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 so they should. But our Sydney siders who are knocked out uh, in in the in the in the NRL, they the teams that didn't make the finals. I'm pretty sure a lot of them are actually still up there. Like they just stayed there, and they will, and, they, and they'll stay there till November, and and that's their God-given right. TK, I'd be staying there till November, soaking uh, in the sun, soaking sink, in the sun, beers, getting arrested for having bags, as Reese Walsh oh, was Reece, last Reece, night. Reece. Now we'll talk about that in a second, TK. I'll just go check on my brownies quickly. No, go check on your brownies. I'll um, I'll talk some stuff. I'll talk some stuff. So uh, let's talk through some other Melbourne Demons logos. So the Melbourne Demons logos. Um, actually, I'm going to talk about logos in general, or or, uh, or uh, mascots in general. Now they weren't really a thing until I believe around the 30s, 40s, right? Around the 30s and 40s, football teams in Australia started to adopt mascots. Now the first, here's a fun fact for you: the first team, the first NRL team, uh, rugby league team. I'm not sure about the AFL. Rugby league team to have a mascot on their jersey was Manly, um, and it wasn't a little mascot. It wasn't. It wasn't like a little, uh, like a little uh, sea eagle that they have today. It was a big, buck off white sea eagle in the middle of their jersey. Now look, at, you can look it up if you want to, but I, I believe they've 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 worn it as a as a captain's run jersey or maybe even as a heritage jersey in recent years, where the 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 jersey is maroon. And they had a big fuck off white seagull right in the middle of the jersey. Um, other teams to follow, um, obviously the the Rabbitohs, pretty iconic with the white bunny and the and the Roosters would have followed pretty soon after that. I'm pretty sure. Um, other teams like the Bears and whatnot, and then you had some teams that never really did adopt a mascot, like Newtown. Uh, so I always found that really interesting. I'm just talking about mascots in general, Jack, and how Manly were the first team in rugby league to adopt a mascot, and it wasn't. It wasn't... I'll, I'll pull it up for you. It wasn't subtle. Let me tell you that. It was a maroon jersey with a massive white seagull on the front. Look, TK, I've often, I've often come from the view that subtlety is something that's gained over time. Subtlety is, is indeed something that comes with wisdom. You know, the sagacious amongst us, we understand nuance. We understand how to, how to, how to give dip and weave and how to just be... Oh, wow, yeah, fuck, that's not subtle at all. It's a fuck-off eagle. That's awful. Um, yeah, I mean, we look, I know we've kind of... I've checked brownies and come back to it, and we'll get to my brownies. I've no, I've no question that we'll get to my brownies, but let's um, let's just quickly mention the Reese Walsh um, shenanigans. Now, I can't help but think... He came out and did a little um, video with Cameron George, mm. CEO of the Warriors, uh, earlier today, and I, I can't help but think that... Reese has 
only got himself to blame for this situation, as he said. He did his, say that. He did, but fuck, I mean, what, what, what do we, we think? He was going to blame someone else? Like, who, who, of course he's only got himself to blame. It's completely unnecessary. The situation is embarrassing because he was told to move on by the copper. And then he didn't. If Now, TK, if you have got an, elite, an illicit drug on your person and a police officer tells you to move on, you move on. Mm. For what reason would you antagonise said officer? Perhaps the nosebeers had given him a heightened sense of confidence, perhaps? Couldn't have done. He still had them on him. He couldn't have had that much. Oh, yeah, good point. Look, Reese, I know you listen. I know you've been listening for a long time. And I'd say this, mate. Get your head down, right? If you're looking for a buzz, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Tui's new. It's cold, it's mm. crisp, you can take it off a broad brim of a schooner. It's, it's I don't think you'll find any in Brisbane, Jack. Look, you may not too, TK, but I'm they sure... They only can... drink mid-strength there for some reason. Well, you know, it's because it's so hot, they reckon they drink it so quickly. Fair bit of crack around Brisbane, TK. People are a little bit upset that Brizzy uh, didn't quite pack the stadiums for the preliminary final. Yeah, but what do you expect? Their fans don't follow these clubs. Yeah, well, they're they're the ones who they'll pack the grand final. They've been yipping and yahooing for so long about needing to get more rugby league in the great state. Of course, is it a hundred percent capacity? Oh fuck yeah, it is. Oh well, then they'll pack it out. Every seat will be taken for the grand final. Yeah, always will be. I mean, Kate Miller Heike's not getting them there, but I think, uh, I think. I think the teams will. You've got two great Sydney clubs. You've had a look at the... Uh, two, two really good teams as well. You've had a look at the pre-match entertainment then? Pre-match entertainment, Kate Miller-Heidke. I don't even think she was big 15 years ago. Ian Moss. Ian Moss, not Cole Chisel, not the full gang. No, not the full gang. And confusing. I don't think, if I'm being honest, probably third fiddle, really. Yeah, easily. We go Jimmy, easily Don Walker, fiddle. you know. Don Walker. So they're, they're, they're famous for their kind of keys noise, and also he wrote the songs. And then Jimmy, obviously, is the iconic Jimmy. But he's like, a front man. But, uh, but Ian, Mossy, Mossy, good. But um, what's he going to do? Play instrumental renditions of Oh no, 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 no. Mossy had his own solo career, and still, and still does. But yeah, look, he. It's very, it's very. Ian Moss at a grand final TK versus Cole Chisel is kind of the equivalent of. You did dodgeball, and it was a fucking massive hit at the box office. And then you did Dodgeball 2, and it came out straight to DVD release. That's kind of what Ian Moss is like in terms of, you know, that's what you're getting. And I feel like in the NRL TK, for whatever bizarre reason, I understand I understand that we're currently under, you know, we're, we're living in a strange time, travel-wise, due to this little thing called the pandemic. Harvard. But I do feel as if, for some reason... NRL tends to be a bit of a bridesmaid when it comes to getting f- entertainment for the grand final. This is the biggest sport, dare I say, in the Southern Hemisphere. I think you'll find by numbers it probably bloody well just about, not cricket, but winter sport. Yeah. It probably bloody is 100%. just about. Well, no one's playing AFL in the in the in the Rugby Union's big in New Zealand. New Guinea. They chip around a little bit in South Africa when they're not stabbing each other and having apartheids. And in like, Australia, we don't give a fuck about rugby union. So it would be rugby league. Why can't we get big? Why can't we get big genuine acts? Why are we getting, you know? And Kate, I know you're listening. I'm not having a go at you, but again, TK's right. You're not quite Billboard top forty. No. So why? Can I be honest? Why aren't we getting Dua Lipa? It's the same lame as year after year. Who's that real weird chick? Why aren't we getting Billie Eilish? Okay, you've just named probably one of the 
top three biggest artists in the world. So we're the NRL. Well, you can't. We can't fly them out and pay them fucking. They were going to pay Justin Timberlake like two million dollars. You wouldn't fly out for two million. These these people are, are wealthy TK, but they're not fucking Bezos. Like Dua Lipa would be worth a couple million. She's not going to be worth that much more. She's a you she's a solo recording artist she in her early twenties. Well, actually, she just did an album. She just did a song with Elton John. I'm just going to keep going. Why can't we get Ed Sheeran? I'm sorry. Why can't we get the biggest artist of the last You're ten going years? Massive. At so, the moment, the biggest artist is. I mean, you know who the biggest artist is by who did the Super Bowl, and it was the Weekend. Because um, that, oh, but, that, yeah, that but album that, was that, enormous. Yeah, but the Weekend's not the biggest well. artist. The, that was about availability, oh, and that I mean, was about who wanted to do the like gig. If you're going off. Nah, he, at the he's, moment he is. He, nah, no way. I don't agree with that at all. It, that was about availability, and no one really wanted the Super Bowl gig this year. I reckon if you look at, if you look at, if you if you have a look at it closely. But I don't know. I just feel like again and again, I'm not watching it for the artists. To be honest with you, I'm no, but, watching it for good, honest rugby it. league football. It's part of the spectacle. Of course, it's part of the spectacle. TK. Now, as someone who has been involved very much centre stage when it comes to providing pre-match entertainment uh yeah that's right in the year 10 concert band i did play a small song on a float in the middle of a tigers i think canterbury game yeah could they hear us no they couldn't tk no we were unmiked we were completely unamplified we played one song i forgot about we played that. zoot zoot riot oh, with yeah. no microphones Go back about now I'll tell you this. I'll, t- I'll tell you this for free. Right? No, no I'll tell you this. Un- I'll, I'll be unashamed about saying it. Not a single person in that stadium was listening. Now, granted, for the grand final, it's probably a little bit different. But Except if, for maybe the kids' mums. If come Kate miller Heike's going to come out and sing acoustically, unplugged, no microphone, then I think she's probably the right choice. Because you don't want to pay... $10 million for Ed Sheeran or $2 million for Dua Lipa or $2 million for Justin Timberlake, who they were going to get ridiculously, who hasn't been big since the Love Guru. They weren't going to pay that sort of money for them, have them come out and sing acoustically. I feel like Justin Timberlake is the most NRL thing ever. Like, oh, he's got to like, be. He's such a... like. Dare I say it, he's, he's almost a has-been, Justin Timberlake. Oh, 100%. still a big name. Yeah, sure. But he's like... In his 40s. Oh, mate, you go. I reckon you go up to a 13 year old girl, now obviously get permission first, and say, <laughs> and say, Justin Timberlake, they'll go, who? Now, they may be referring to you because they don't know who you are and you just walked up to them in the middle of recess. Said but, Justin Timberlake. Of course. But, but look, we had Macklemore in 2017. Now, he's the biggest we've had. Steal. Yeah, yeah, he was big. But he was big at the time. Let me, let me tell you this, right? I've been to two NRL Grand Finals in my life. And in that time, I've seen it. 2015, we saw Cold Chisel, and they were fucking good. But I love Cold Chisel. And I love Cold do. Chisel, Australians but I will do, say this, TK. Often, you yes. can't keep rolling back to Cold Agreed. Chisel. I was going to say that. We both love them. We saw them in 2011, the mm. comeback tour. Love Cold Chisel. Love Don. Love Ian. Love, love Jimmy. Love them. Absolutely love them. But at a certain point, it becomes bogan pub mm. rock when we just keep going back I, to it. I agree. I agree. Then in 2018, I had... Sorry to Jack Abraham, because I know you're a fan of him. We had Gang of Youths. Now, that's oh, they, you go, were, they were enormous at the time. That was a big pool. They were the biggest band in Australia at the time. Yes, but I don't think that good. So, oh, I, I, this is where subjective... Uh, yeah, I'm going to disagree there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lie on Jack, Jack Abraham's... Thick, juicy thighs here, and say I, I'm in agreement with him that they at the time, at the time, TK in 2018, 
lick behind Tame Impala for the biggest band in the country. Yeah, I, I, I think... Oh, Tame Impala's an artist, not a, not a band. They tour as a band. All right, it's not just Justin whatever his name is. Kevin Parker. Kevin Parker. <laughs> all right. Shut up. Um, he is. He does write and produce all the music. He does, but you're never just going to go and see him, are you? It's a full band when you go <laughs> to see them. Him just playing like a... Him just a playing. Melodica. Him just playing bass. He's been weirdo and just macked out on LSD. No, look, if Kev, if you're listening, obviously I mean no harm. And he's um, listening, so of course he's listening. Are you serious? Um, yeah, I, I agree, Takes. I agree um, with whatever it is we were just saying. The important thing is this, TK, and let's let's not for one moment let this become the point that we are not making. The oldest, the proudest. The loudest club in the land, the pride of the National Rugby League, with 21 premierships under their belt, established in 1908, housing such such names, such household names. I don't care where you live, they're household names. From Tassie to Broome, as Clive Churchill, Ron Coote, Bob McCarthy, Sattler, Burgess, Reynolds, Inglis, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, TK, are off to another grand final, aiming for premiership hashtag number 22. Now, to say that I'm proud of the lads would be a fucking understatement. To say that I teared up on Friday night when they toppled Manly, a la Ryan Girdler's flat-track bullies, would be an understatement. To say that I I stiffened up in places when Cody Walker slid over for a second try. Yes, he's a big game player. Yes, he turns up in big games. Fuck you, anyone who thinks that he doesn't, because you don't know what you're talking about, would be an understatement. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Let me put it this way to the listeners. When Manly, both times Manly had those disallowed tries, actually had three disallowed tries, but the first two... Jack screamed fuck so loudly, it would have sounded from the next household that there was a vicious rape occurring in our house. That's what it sounded like, to the point where Dad, who's a big South fan, was even like, Jack, just chill. Like, it's not that big a deal. Now, let me tell you something. Don't rape, make rape noises. It is that big a deal. And if I could take those noises back, those so-called rape noises, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I will not subdue my passion for the likes of you or anyone. But did I, in fact, yell fuck in a sort of an almost... A, was it was it a piercing squeal? Was it fuck? And was it like 50,000 decibels louder than that? And was it punchy? And was it without precedence or warning? Yeah, it was. Um, but God, it was a good night, TK. 36-16. So much bullshit coming into the game. So much bullshit. Bullshit and vitriol and nonsense about prelim hoodoos. Mm. As if there's something shameful about fucking finishing in the top four. Four fucking years in a row. Seven years out of ten. There's no hoodoo. That's just consistent success. And yeah, we haven't taken the extra step every time. Fuck. But Jesus, TK, it was good. And so much bullshit before the game about, oh, Manly, you're a chance here. Manly lost... Five more games than Souths prior to that one. Five more. Four in the regular season and one in the finals. And people were genuinely tipping them with confidence, dismissing this juggernaut, this Cardinal and Myrtle powerhouse. I 
It was disgusting, TK. You couldn't in your right mind tip the Manly Warringah Seagulls. I thought the same thing. You I couldn't. I, I couldn't understand how anyone genuinely thought based on what we've seen this year. Maybe you thought a fluke upset was going to happen. Maybe you just thought it was going to go. But based Maybe you on, love fairy tales. Yeah, 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 exactly. But based on what we'd seen, there was no way in your right mind you could have tipped Manly to win, um, as you verbatim just said. Now, But I don't mind people still tipping him. I don't mind, as long as you caveat and hedge with, I know it's bullshit, I know I'm being a bit goofy, but I think, or I'm a diehard Manly fan, therefore. But to sit back and go, oh, Tom Trevojevic, what a season he's had. Look, he did have a great season. But were a lot of those tries backing against up? Against the Cowboys. In, were they against the Cowboys and the Bulldogs backing up in broken play and catching the ball and falling? Yeah, they were. Were some of them great? Yeah, of course some of them were. Of course some of them were. I'll make this comment. And I'll only make it once, and I won't go on about it because I need to check on my brownies again. But were a lot of Turbo's try assists just him sweeping around the back, catching him in the centre position, and literally just dumping it off to his winger, either Garrick or, or, or um, Saab? Yeah, they were. And if you think that's me being unfair, go and have a look at him. I will make this point, TK, off the point that I just made. And again, I'm, I think Turbo had an amazing season. I think he'll win the Dally M. Best of luck to him. But there's a big difference between a lot of Cody Walker's try assists the subtle ball playing, the unbelievable cutout passes, the timing, the deft kicks, the deft touch, playing short, playing long. There's a big difference between those try assists and a lot of Turbo's try assists, which are catch the ball You'd, on the two man and dump it off to and and dump it off to your winger. He does a, fool, a lot of tries. You would like be a that. fool if you were to declare that Cody Walker wasn't a better ball player than Tom Troy. Of course, You'd I'm going to go check on my brownies and I'll go leave you to brownies. discuss um, foolishness. I'll leave. You'll leave me with the lovely listeners once again. Well, here we are once again. Hope you're all having a good podcast. We are 38 minutes in, and I dare say we'll have about that amount of time to go. If you have any questions for me or uh, any messages of support or um, or anything like that, just call or text me on 0409 109 561. 0409-109-561. I hope you're all having a good lockdown. I hope you're all taking this time to sit back and reflect. And I hope you're all looking forward to the years ahead. I'm going to sing a song now. Thriller! 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 Wish I could remember the lyrics. Well, Jack's back after checking on his brownies. I think it's safe to say I don't really know what to do when you leave. I look, I'm a little bit uh, disappointed, TK. Not disappointed. It's the wrong word. It's an inappropriate word, and I apologise for using it so liberally and without any kind of. You know, second consideration prior to speaking. I'm a little bit concerned. Fuck, I've done it again. Um, put off, perhaps, by the fact that um, we have no eggs. And we have no eggs. And I only discovered that we had no eggs prior to beginning the process of prepping my brownies, TK. I, I, I bl- blended my sugar, my butter, my softened butter. Not to be confused with melted butter, listeners of the Bird Like Weekly podcast. <clears throat> my chocolate. 
um, which I worked down to a sort of a silky, uh, my vanilla essence. I had it all ready to go, and then I discovered that I, uh, just before I added my flour and cocoa powder, I did not have any eggs. Eggs are very important binding agent, TK, when it comes to any, any baking. Um, I didn't have the other known binding agent on hand, which people generally use in, in particularly for the production of, of wine, which is, of course, fish Yeast. guts. No fish guts. Um, I didn't have fish guts, and I wasn't prepared to use fish guts in brownies. Not when I don't I don't bake regularly. The listeners would know that I'm a keen I'm a keen cook. Uh, I, I cook. consumed the last eggs for breakfast yesterday morning. Yeah, I would have loved if you hadn't done that, or if someone would have let me know so I could have purchased more eggs because I'm not tight when it comes to purchasing eggs. Well, they're not expensive. Well, they're not. No, they're not. But I do like to go extra large and free range if I can be extra so large. Bold. Can you buy egg sizes? Oh, TK, you've got a lot to learn about this. egg sizes, wasn't my friend. aware of this. Oh, fuck yeah. you got medium, you got large, you got jumbo. Oh, I'm all over the dairy game, just not the poultry game. But I've got time, I'll, I'll get there. You'll get there, but, you know, I mean... Poultry's a, a time's thick Time's running, industry. yeah. You're older than you've ever been. But yeah, I mean, we should talk a little bit about the games, I suppose. Um, obviously, I've, I've already sort of ranted and raved about South Sydney. Manly, great season. They did well. What are my honest thoughts? If anyone cares to, to hear them, um, you need a nine. Lachlan Croker's not a nine. Um, Manisi Fainu, he's not getting his day in court until sometime mid-next year, I don't believe, TK. So they need a nine. Um, Didn't he kill someone outside of church? Or look, it, allegedly stabbing grievous bodily harm. I think that's what's being alleged. It's not what you want. It's not what you want, TK. It's I mean, not what you want. Look, I, I think... Uh, I think we've said enough about that game. I will say one other thing. I think they probably need a front row. I think losing AFB has been massive for them. Um, yeah, and I, I also think that, unfortunately, we've seen them letting go of Suli. They might have paid a price once or twice this year in going with such modest centre pairings. Mm. Um, or Morgan Harper. And Morgan Harper and Brad Parker. They're okay, but they're not game breakers. Um, and a final comment. Again, I'll rattle, I'll rattle, ru- ruffle the feathers of a few people. I don't rate Jake Trevojevic. I haven't rated him for a long time. He tackles under the ball. People people, people rant. I know I've said this on this podcast before. I won't say it too many times. People rant and rave about Jake Trevojevic's defensive technique. It's not suitable to the game of rugby league. Maybe if he played union, chopping blokes in half and snapping them around the waist to be great. It's not the way we tackle in league. Tackling under the ball only allows players... Only allows players either a f- to 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 find their front and find a fast play the ball, or to offload. So no, I don't find his tackling technique mm. overly impressive, and he the bloke's got ne- negative leg speed. Like when he hits the line, he he's done. That's it. Negative negative post contact. You don't like negative what he adds speed. in, uh, in with ball skills. In I think side. he's a nice ball player, but fuck. I mean, there's plenty of them going around. I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, and I think he's worth having in your side. But he, TK, he costs nine hundred grand a year. He's on nearly a million dollars a year. It's a lot of money. Jesus Christ! Cam Murray's on what five six hundred? Anyway, that's enough about that game. Souths thirteen plus, but we'll do a preview show for the grand final takes. Okay. Um, okay. I am about to go into quarantine just quietly, but we'll probably talk about that you when are, I'm in quarantine. And before we go on to this game, I want to wind the clock back. To 2014, this time eight years ago, seven mm. years ago, in fact. How are you feeling then? It was the first grand final for your team in 43 years. Yeah, so I, um, TK, at the time, have distinct memories of being 
leading up to doing my HSC. And I remember saying to people that week on like a Wednesday, Thursday, fuck, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And they're like, oh, you're nervous about the HSC. HSC? No. <laughs> Piece of piss. Mm. I'm nervous about the GF. And people might, people who aren't sport fans, TK, notice I said sport and not sports. I've noticed some people starting to say sports. We don't say Americana. sports in this country. That's American. We don't say sports and we don't say math. Um, people who aren't sport fans, TK, they mightn't get this, but uh, when you're a diehard fan of a club, when you're a member, a paying member of that club, when you've given so much time every week of your winter life to go into games, buying merchandise, watching games, it is as much your moment as it is the players, the admin, the staff. It's everyone's moment that week. Like, you are almost on the field. As, uh, what's his name, Jerry, uh, what's his name? The guy from The Last Dance. It was the organisation. Yeah, look, I don't want to think of myself as a Jerry Krause, but mm. yeah, um, was he painted in a bad light in that documentary? Yeah, he probably was. Uh, I remember feeling very nervous, TK. I don't know that I will feel the same level of nerves this week. I, I may well do, particularly because I'll be in hotel quarantine and I will be, you know, probably having a little bit more time to ruminate. But I will say that we went into that grand final with the weight of 43 years of failure. Failure. Getting kicked out of the comp. So many wooden spoons. We were dog shit my entire life up to that point. And also something very important, TK, very important in the difference. We went into that game hot favourites. And the Bulldogs that year, and I don't think Bulldogs You're fans... You're more nervous when you're favourites. I don't think Bulldogs fans will mind me saying this. The Bulldogs weren't great in 2014. Like, they, they did very well to get there. I think they finished fifth. And, and I, mm. I don't think they'll mind, you know, Kappa, Jonty, some of my good Bulldogs friends. I don't think they'll mind me saying that. They weren't great in 2014. They did pretty well to topple Penrith in the prelim. And Souths, that was Souths' game to lose. Mm-hmm. This game... This is an anything-can-happen game. You know, like, this is Penrith's game to lose, really. Penrith are the ones who lost it last year. Agreed. One had 42 points this year. I mean... Let me just say this, right? In 2014, a similar question was put to Adam Reynolds. We're one in the same. When you won in 2014, did you take it for granted a bit? Like Adam Reynolds said, he did. Do you think there were going to be more, to, plenty more to come, or did you go, "Fuck it, it doesn't matter. We've won now." No, I and sit back and just relax. And no, I didn't take it for granted. I still take that exact mentality into every single South Stewart I game. Every time, I, I'm sure Cronulla and North Queensland fans are the same. Every time Souths have a do or die game, I go, "It doesn't matter because if we don't win." You still have 2014. We've still got 2014. Mm. And I know Richmond fans say the same thing. It doesn't fucking matter. I don't know they won 19 and 20, and 20 but I know Richmond fans often will because say it doesn't matter because we, we've always got 17. They'll mm. never take 17 mm. off us. And I'm sure a lot of Souths fans say that about 14. Cows would say that about 15. That was unbelievable. And, and Cronulla fans about 16. 17... Richmond was enormous because no one, no one thought they would have won the premiership. They, no I one. Remember? They weren't even in the top three, were they? Look, I don't remember the odds and ends, TK. But it was something, it was something I remember like the year that. before the Crows got upset by the Dogs mm. and the year after, um, Collingwood upset Richmond in the prelim and mm-hmm. then go down to West Coast. So after, I remember a little bit about after, win, after winning the entire game. Um, and yet somehow I knew West Coast were coming back. It was like the last two minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I just saw it. 
But yeah, look, huge grand final. We will likely do a grand final pre-show because I'll be in quarantine. Take care, I'll be... Okay, we'll do a pre-show then. Then um, let's not talk too but, much but, about but it. But grand final week technically doesn't start till tomorrow, um, and I will be soaking up every bit of it. Now soaking it up. Do you reckon you'll get a balcony? You said you're in a five-star Pullman. Not to, not to, not to uh, offend Harry Menenti, who I know is currently serving his hotel quarantine. So uh, no, I don't think I will get a. Balcony. I don't think that balconies tend to be part of the deal when it comes to Australian. Australian most Australian hotel rooms, even if they're beautiful, the windows don't open. And I blame Connor Clapton for that. Now, it wasn't in Australia. That clumsy little fucker. Um, God, he took a fall, didn't he? He did. He took a tumble. Would you be the same good if song. I saw you in heaven? Now, a lot of people don't like that song. I think it's good. I'm going to leave you with the listeners once again while I check on the brownies. All right. Well, I'll explain this then because I'm assuming most people won't know about this. Eric Clapton, a rocker, a fantastic rocker of the late 60s, 70s, and I believe probably into the 80s, but did his best work in the 60s and 70s, nicknamed Butterfingers because he was so graceful with the with the six strings of the electric guitar. Um, Did some collabs with the Beatles and was good friends with George Harrison. Anyway, he had a son called Connor Clapton. I believe this was in the 80s, potentially the 90s. A three-year-old son or two-year-old son or something like that. And he fell out of a window. He fell out of a big... The window of a... The room of a big building and he fell down and splattered onto the concrete. And uh, then he wrote a song called Tears in Heaven. Now, Tears in Heaven brought him back, brought his career back, essentially. And so, yes, this was 1992. Brought his career back and made him famous again. Brought him back to the uh, his popular status of 20 years prior. And uh, a lot of people hate that song because they think it's soppy. And they think, some people think, that he actually killed his son for inspiration. Which, you know, maybe. I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling it out. Eric Clapton maybe has a bit of an evil streak. I'll let you decide. Go listen to it. Tears in Heaven. I think it's a good song. A lot of people hate it. You decide. Sounds very dark what you're talking about there. You message me once again on 0409 109 561. You let me know whether you like the song or not. Is that your actual number? Yeah. It's alarming. All right. Well... There you go. Just doing some fan polling. Yeah, look, take. I'm conscious of the fact that there is other stuff to talk about, but you know what? Fuck, we may well do seven shows this week. We may. We may do Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We may. We may. This may be the last podcast we ever do. I don't know. That'd be depressing. It, oh, well, it would be. It's been a good run, if that is the case. What is this? The 50-something? 55th or something? Yeah. I, Jeez, um, that isn't many. Like, I feel like we would have done more than that. Well, we, we, we you know, it's been a, a labour... A, lab- a laboursome process, take a laborious, laborious process. Laboursome. Well, I think both are acceptable. Um, in the Queens. So yeah, expect more podcasts this week, ladies and gentlemen. Expect some long podcasts, take out. So expect some five-hour Rogan ones. Yeah, I don't think he's ever done a five-hour one, but well, I think he has. Really? Yeah, he does some fuckers. <laughs> some fuckers. Yeah, well, they they just they're long. I've only ever seen like two-hour ones. You reckon he's done some long ones. Two hours would be like, there's hardly any two-hour ones. Most Rogan podcasts are three and a half hours. Well, 
Classic Rogan. Yeah. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. Joe, if you're listening, which we know you are. When's Joe not listening? He's always listening. He's always eating Rogan Josh as well. Oh, he loves Rogan Josh. Did you talk about the fact that Penrith toppled Melbourne? Oh, what a game that was. Yeah, oh, it was a belter. It was an absolute belter, TK. It was a bell ringer, I think the young ones are calling that it. That was finals footy. And let me tell you this. You'll be hoping, I got this initial instinct, but you in fact said this, but you'll be hoping that was Penrith's grand final. Possibly. I, I will say that Penrith are going to go in a little battered and bruised. Um, but well, they've yeah, played every game. That that team has played every game for the past four weeks. I got to say, TK Munster disappointing, really disappointing. Uh, unfortunately, good. the competitiveness of Munster, which everyone talks about, as much as no one really wants to admit this, it doesn't always make up for. Oh, this is not going to be a popular statement, but often a lack of skill. Mm. But the fact that he he's not a great ball player, he doesn't have a great kicking game. He's not the fastest player in the world. Now, is he difficult to put down? Yeah, he is. But when you don't have one of those three things, speed, which he's, you know, but he's, he's, nip- he's nippy enough, but he doesn't have a great passing game. He doesn't have an am- amazing kicking game. And he kicked really poorly yesterday. Jesus, you're not working with much. feels like a weird thing to say because he's not that young, but he's not the player he once was, I feel, Munster. Also, I feel like, and this is just this... Maybe. This is purely speculation. But I feel like he's getting to the point where Melbourne might want to get rid of him and he's going to go to a Brisbane or a Gold Coast or a 17th team. Well, I don't know that they're going to want to get rid of him, but I know that when his deal ends, he has made it quite clear that he'd be open to going to that expansion team. So, you know, that may well happen. Who replaces him? When the fuck are we hearing a verdict on that? Because the verdict was originally supposed to be in like July. After the grand final, mate. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell you now, Redcliffe. You reckon? Oh, it's it's pretty much a done deal. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. Because I heard... Because remember they, they tried... Those other two teams tried to make like a super bid, but then it fell apart, didn't it? The yeah. The just kind of fell apart. Well, I don't know. It, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm taking those... Uh, I'm taking the SD cards and whatnot, and I'll, I'll cut that sketch tomorrow. You do that. You do you. But it's hardly uh, a time is of the essence type one. Mm. I just looked up a Sydney Morning Herald article from two days ago that says the secret modelling that shows NRL will create 12 more games with 17th team. NRL plans to add 12 matches to its regular season total, play more club games during the state of origin period and reduce its reliance on the Broncos for primetime television slots under secret modelling for a 17th team competition. It sounds like the sort of thing... It sounds like someone's leaked something. Well, it sounds like the sort of thing that we'll no doubt talk about in one of our our seven Mm -hmm. shows this week, Toko. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people are dying for content. Harry Menenti's been asking for content. He's not the only one. Harry, we know you're in... You, your second week of lockdown, of, of quarantine, your first week of quarantine, Jack, will be Harry's second. So... Perhaps we can, you know, DM. Tee up. I'm looking forward to it, TK. I'm looking forward to it. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to now is eating my brownies, which... They smell good. They're not going to be that great because we didn't have eggs. And without eggs, they're not going to bind. So... So, are they cookies? No, nah, they'll be kind of mush. But I, I bought an Airpolet and ice cream, and it'll go all right with it. Oh, talk about talk about a good choice of ice cream. Oh, fucking oath. And now, okay, now I know you're a big fan of strawberry. Watching the Penrith Panthers on the weekend, that specific colour of jersey made me crave strawberry milk. 
Yeah. Especially with the oak across their chest. Uh, Penrith's inability to decide what colour they actually are is what will hinder them winning a grand final because I it did, speaks to culture. I did a lot of research on that this morning. It sounds like a it sounds like a podcast we'll probably do on one of our seven this week. I'll get, I'll well let's do a jersey jersey history segment uh, during this oath. week because because I also know a lot about the jersey history of the Rabbitohs. As, as well. much as you know about that indigenous killing bloke? More. Wow. I know, I know more about the his, jersey history of the Rabbitohs and Penrith. the Panthers. And okay, let me just say, let me just give you a little hint, listeners. The Rabbitohs haven't always had Red and green. Oh, that's a cliffhanger. Stripes. That's a cliffhanger. Haven't always. I'm looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will be one of our later podcasts this week. <laughs> TK has grand final preview where he'll break down jersey history of the two clubs. Um, as always, if you're enjoying the Bird Like Weekly podcast, we are now on Amazon Podcasts and Audible. Yeah, Audible, that's right. Yes. Audible, the great audio book listening service. They reached out. I got an email from them last week saying, we've seen this Bird Like Weekly podcast flying around. Do you want to put it on our server? On Amazon. What, Jeff reached out? Um, well, it wasn't Jeff. It was, I think, you know, his ex-wife. Um, so, yeah, I uh, we're on. We're on those now. You can also uh, subscribe. Do subscribe. Helps the show out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Mm. We'll be hitting you back in the next week or so, ladies and gentlemen. TK, until that time. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for having yourself. I am now going to make like a banana and split. <laughs> He got it.